Pittsburgh Pirates on a whole have been better than last year, thanks to an amazing start to the season, but there remains some question marks, starting with the pitching staff. We'll dive into what ails some key pitchers for the future on today's Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Pirates. My name is Jeff Carr. I am the Locked On MLB channel manager. I'm sitting in for Ethan Smith, who is out this week. He will be back next week, though. We cover the Pittsburgh Pirates every single day here on Locked On Pirates, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And coming up on today's podcast, Gary Morgan who is the regular guest on Monday with Ethan and uh, writes for Bucks in the Basement, will be on the show. He is actually filling in for the bulk of the week as well. Both he and I will be carrying the load that Ethan normally carries by himself as we look at what has happened this year for this Pirates team. The amazing start, where they are now, what has led to all of that, and how it can get better in the future moving forward. Today, we start with the pitching staff as Gary will uh, really detail. There, there's been some guys that they th- that that was expected to take a step forward, and they've kind of taken a step back. Hello and welcome to Locked On Pirates, your first listen every single day. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know me already from just about every Monday with uh, Ethan Smith. My name's Gary Morgan. I'm going to be helping him out this week and hosting the show for him. Um, we're going to talk about some elephants in the room, folks. I mean, <laughs> it's time. We're almost done with the season. There's only 31 games left, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to finish with a better record than they did last year largely on the back of that 20 and 8 start. Let's dig into the problems starting with pitching today. The pitching, it's been a real problem all year and it's really easy to identify pitching as a problem. Everyone will point it out. Everyone can see what's going on. Nobody's blind, right? But when you really sit down and you look at what this staff could have been at the beginning of the season versus what it became, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> you, you'd you have to be a psychic to know that Luis Ortiz was going to fall off a cliff and Rowanzi Contreras was going to fall off a cliff and Quinn Priester wasn't going to pan out. Sure, we all had individual ideas on all these guys. Some of them looked like more promising than others and some looked like... Uh, locks to be part of the rotation in fact i remember at the beginning of spring there was a lot of people actually pretty ticked off that they had vince velasquez even in town to compete with some of these guys everybody wanted to see this starting rotation start out young and and i mean looking back you have to kind of count your blessings that they went with rich hill and and Vince Velasquez for as long as they did, because, man, the kids just aren't panning out. At some point, you have to point the finger, right? You have to point the finger at the pitching staff, 
and you have to point the picture the the finger at the general manager for thinking that he had enough it it's actually kind of frightening when you really look at what they they've put on the field here let's start with with what we we began the offseason thinking was going to factor in right you had JT Brubaker can't ignore the fact that he got hurt I think he was at least going to eat innings. You know he was good for 180 to 200 innings. That's really hard to get past. And regardless of what you think his ceiling is, JT Brubaker was at the very least going to be a competent four or five starter for you most of the season. He was going to give you some decent games. He was going to give you that occasional dominant effort that that shut down the other team and made it look like okay we're in good shape. Well, Tommy John right before the season. And and when that happens at that time, you know you're losing him for 2 years, right? They've got a decision to make about him this year whether they even want to offer him a tender to keep him on the roster so that maybe he's available sometimes toward the end of 2024 to help out. Um do you want him in the mix come 2025? It's going to be hard to make that decision now, but you can't deny what it's done to this season. That's what's important. Losing him was was bigger than a lot of people wanted to admit. Rich Hill was never expected to come in here and be a, an innings eater. He just wasn't. His history is that Rich Hill pitches five, six innings. Top. That's the top of the food chain for him. And we've seen what he's done in San Diego. So obviously they didn't lose a lot by moving on from him, except for that he had a decent situation here. Now, I can honestly say, taking away his uh, security blanket for who he was pitching to probably would have changed things for Rich Hill a little bit, because I do think he requires a little bit more of a veteran presence behind the plate to be effective. You need somebody that can calm him down, understand him, uh, almost pull off the old, uh, hey, let's let the ball hit the ground and stop rolling before we pick it up type effort. So so you kind of will struggle a little bit with Rich Hill, but you need a guy like Rich Hill. You need a veteran presence in that locker room. I'm surprised by Johan Oviedo, honestly. I thought he'd be decent this year, but I think he's at this point proven that he's part of this thing, at least for the foreseeable future here. He's got a big arm. He's he's keeping his teams in, in the games most of the time. He has a blow up here and there at the beginning of games, but after that he tends to settle in. And even when he does have a, a poor effort, where he gives up too many runs, a lot of the time he's still muscling through and giving you the innings. There's a lot to like about Johan Oviedo. Um, I guess if you were trying to give wins to this pitching you know, instruction team, you'd have to give them Johan Oviedo. Mitch Keller has obviously taken a step. You know, A lot of people get hung up on whether you want to call somebody an ace or not. I don't care what you call them. He's their best pitcher, and I don't think that's really up for debate. He'll probably be their their best pitcher next year, um, even if they sign people, which we'll get into in the next segment. It, 
he's still probably going to be a caliber above whatever they would seek in free agency, right or wrong. You can you can debate that forever, but um, this ownership team is only going to do what this ownership team is capable of, and I I just don't believe that even an altruistic Bob Nutting is going to go out and sign a three hundred million dollar pitcher. Just don't see it. So. Mitch Keller is going to be your top of the mountain. You've only got two years left with him, folks. They've got to get him locked up before they even start worrying about making everything else better. The way this rotation has shaken out has been ugly. Right now, Bailey Falter, the guy you traded really scrap for, he was scrap in Philadelphia because they weren't going to use him heading into a playoff run. And we traded scrap for them. You know, we, we basically traded them a shot at a possible upgrade over Josh Harrison, who was barely playing there anyway, in Rodolfo Castro. And it hasn't worked out for them very well. And it has, I guess, worked out for us in, in so much as Falter has given us three good starts now, at least as far as, like, amount of innings that he ate up and... I think he's probably been more impressive than most people thought he would be. Um, pretty dominant out of the bullpen to close that one game that he piggybacked with, with Hatch. So, all in all, I would have to say Falter at least fits into that, hey, it, it's nice to have this guy in reserve category. You know, you may end up seeing him out of the bullpen next year. I don't think that if you go into 2024 with him as a viable starting option, you're really doing yourself a good service here. Coming up, what ails Rowanzi Contreras, and why did he take a step back instead of a step forward? We'll get into that with Gary coming up here in just a moment. Before we do, though, wanted to talk about one of today's sponsors, and that is Dave. Dave is a great financial tool to help you in between those lean times because, you know, at one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. It can give you a cash advance whenever you need it and with little legwork on your part. Dave is the banking app that is leveling the financial playing field for you. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. There's no credit check and there's no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less with no credit check and no late fees. Help yourself out through some lean times and build credit while you're doing it. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Pirates your first listen every single day. Coming up on tomorrow's podcast, Gary will detail more reasons as to how the Pirates can take that step forward next year as they've been better this year. They just have, you know, lots of questions they need to answer throughout the offseason, through some development. That will be the theme really for this week, but we'll focus on another area for the Pirates coming up 
on tomorrow's episode. And by the way, if you want to catch every pitch of the Pirates hometown broadcast, just check out the Sirius XM uh, app on the SXM app. Just download it and search the word Pirates. All right, let's jump back into uh, Gary's analysis. Gary was talking about some pitchers that have taken a step back, and Rowanzi Contreras is a very intriguing, confusing, and unfortunate addition to this list. It's un- it's unbelievable how badly things have gone, really. Because if you think about it, again, we all thought Luis Ortiz was going to be part of this thing. We all thought Rowanzi would be. Towards the end of this season, we thought that's how it would finish up, right? That would be perfectly fine to move on from Vince Velasquez at some point. It would be perfectly fine to move on from Rich Hill because we had these two studs that, that were there and they were going to take over that. Rowanzi Contreras came up here and looked polished right away from the Yankees. In fact, the Yankees took a lot of, you know, pirate fan crap for trading him. Really, um, it was thank you for him. It was thank you so much, Yankees, for giving us a free pitcher. He's already ready-made. This kid was hitting 97, 98 on the gun with regularity. Devastating curveball. Beautiful slider. A fastball that he could put anywhere he wanted at that speed. Now, he's just a shell. I mean, he's not hitting the velocities anymore. He can't place it the way he could. It's rendered everything else ineffective because who's going to chase a slider if you're not worried about that heater? Everything's coming in the same speed. The Pirates clearly don't have answers for it. Oscar Marin is supposed to be an expert when it comes to understanding the, the mechanics of pitching. That's supposed to be his forte. It really is. A lot of people think it's analytics, but it's he got his chops on understanding the mechanics of pitching and helping guys maximize what they were. Well, can't say he's doing that with Rowanzi, right? They don't know what's going on. They took him to a, a third party when they were on a road trip in Seattle just to see if maybe somebody else could help him out. I... I think there's a problem, and and I think it's bigger than even just Oscar Merritt. I mean, I can't expect him to oversee, you know, twenty to thirty guys in the system and have and have individual mechanical tweaks for each and every one of them. But I think I can expect him to not mess one up, right? <laughs> if everything's going great, why why is it not going great anymore? What what did we take away here? He doesn't look any different. If you watch him pitch, everything looks the same to me. It looks like the same motion. But I'm a layman. I'm watching it on TV or I'm watching it in the stadium. I Why would I notice anything different, right? I mean, to me, throwing a fastball looks like throwing a fastball. I can't tell some little tiny thing you're doing different. That's kind of the point of a real good pitching coach. I, I'd like to think that we have one, but you can't look at this season and, and believe that right now. You can't. And this team is going to have to address it in some way, shape, or form because that's him. Luis Ortiz, 
I've heard two things. I've heard one from Jason Mackey at the Post-Gazette that they're filling his head with too much. They're filling his head with so much that he's just almost getting confused and things are just falling apart for him at this level. And then I heard from Dayan Kovacevic over at DK Pittsburgh Sports that he's hearing it's more about uh, effort. You know, which should frighten you because, first of all, a, a major league athlete in any sport that lacks for effort is probably not going to be successful. But after his little cup of coffee, he 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 kind of just sat on his laurels. Apparently, this is according to Dayon's reporting. I can believe that, but again. If that's the case, a pitching coach is supposed to be picking up on that sort of thing, right? A pitching coach is supposed to be the adult in the room, giving you the plan, checking in with you, making sure you're, especially somebody that's this important to the cause. You know, you you don't have guys that can touch 100 and then drop a slider on, on the outside corner, come up, too often all the way from single A to the majors in in the matter of one season. When you get them, you'd like to think that they'll last more than three months before they burn up. Either way, you have to look at the Pittsburgh Pirates and feel like they are letting down their talent, at least on the mound. And as this week goes on, this is going to be my plan, folks. I want to talk about what has gone wrong the first half of the season. And then we're going to talk about what has to change in order for it to go right in the second half of this week. So let's continue the pitching staff for right now. Let's move to the bullpen. The bullpen is equally frightening. I've been... At some point when you're building a bullpen, you understand how they come to be. Most of them aren't just a conglomerate of free agents. Most of them aren't a whole bunch of guys you traded for. Most of them aren't guys you signed for specific roles. They tend to be some anchors, three or four anchors. And everybody else is kind of a rotating conglomerate of players that you move back and forth from AAA, waiver claims you pick up, Really small, inconsequential trades. That's how bullpens are built, realistically. Even the best teams, that's the way the bullpens are built. And what the Pirates did with the bullpen this year, to be blunt, has been very impressive. They found some great pieces. Hernandez is a roll five pick, has been wildly successful, really. Uh, They got a lot of mileage out of Perdomo. They've gotten some good things out of Barucki. Thomas Hatch has been really good. I I could go on and on because they've had a ton of these names they've paraded through. The problem is, once you have no starting rotation, which they currently have, you kill said bullpen. Anything that you've done to make that bullpen better, you've destroyed by having to run everything back and forth, up and down to AAA, and there's no rhythm. One bad start or one bad outing from 
whoever you're trotting out there as a starter kills the bullpen and causes you to make a couple roster moves. Sometimes, guys, you're not ready to move. You eventually get things to catch up with you because you're playing the game of, of optioning guys down. And then once you do, you have to wait 10 full days and, and you get to the point where you've gotten gotten stuck. There aren't anybody else you can call up because they're all sitting there waiting for their 10 days to expire. And, and you don't have anybody else to go down, so you have to start making premature 40-man moves. Like, now you have to consider cutting somebody like a Cody Bolton next time you want to send him down because you need somebody else that's fresh. So you're going to add somebody like Cam, Cam Aldrin onto the roster. The starting options that they have close that could maybe help solve this, Jared Jones, top prospect, great arm, kind of close to being complete as far as finishing off his his, uh, change-up development, I think, for this level anyway. Worth a shot in every way, shape, and form. Problem is, they have a 40-man crunch coming up. He doesn't need to be on the roster. So the chances are they're not going to put him on the roster. Anthony Solomedo is already beyond his innings ceiling. So adding him at this point and having him start would make very little sense. It feels to me like we're going to have to probably end up watching Luis Ortiz and Rowanzi Contreras come up here and contribute no matter what it looks like. You'll you'll see guys get waved every once in a while. Like Noah Syndergaard just went on on the waiver wire the other day. And and part of me wants to see that theater. Part of me wants to see them go out and get him just because I'd love to see him come and play for a team he so so vocally criticized not all that long ago. Um knowing that he's not a good pitcher and and just have him eat innings for us, but that would kind of be just for my own entertainment, not necessarily because I think it's going to help this team win. Is it an organizational problem? Is this something that can be fixed during the offseason, during this offseason for the Pirates? Gary's going to get into that coming up here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I want to mention our other sponsor of today's show, and that is Sleeper. Sleeper is the number one sports app on the App Store, and you can jump into their contests today and have a chance to win up to 100 times your money. Yes, I said that 100 times your money. Just check out the Sleeper Picks, uh, fantasy baseball, daily fantasy baseball picks, and you can pick two or more of your favorite players and then pick your favorite stats like hits, homers, steals, runs scored. You can look at pitchers and look at strikeouts or, or total outs that they get in a game and pick more or less. And then if you win, you can win big. Sleeper offers also a $100 deposit match. Just use the promo code locked on whenever you make your first deposit. It's as easy as just picking your favorite players. If you really think that Brian Reynolds is just going to go off, then maybe check out his over under on hits and hit more. If you really think that Mitch Keller is going to have a great day on the mound, smash more on those strikeouts. 
It's as easy as a 30 seconds or less making your picks. And whenever you want to get your money, they have safe and fast withdrawals. Use the promo code locked on again to get $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply up to $100 uh, on your first deposit. Uh, terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Again, thanks as always for making Lockdown Pirates your first listen every single day. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow when Gary is kind of looking at what's been going on this season, how the Pirates continue to stick that step forward for next year. Make sure that you're following Locked On Pirates on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Click that subscribe button and click the bell to get notified. Ethan will be back with us next week as uh, myself, Jeff Gar, and Gary Morgan. We are filling in for him uh, while he is away. All right, let's let's jump back in. Gary kind of looks at how can the pitching get better? Is it an organizational problem? And is this something that's going to be a quick fix? I know I promised we're going to talk about what they can do, but I, I did kind of have a major omission here. Quinn Priester could also come back up and factor into this rotation. But I have a real problem with what they're doing with him in AAA right now because his problem in the major leagues is the fastball. The fastball has to play at this level at some degree. It doesn't have to be a, a, a Nolan Ryan fastball, but it has to be a fastball that can keep you honest at this league. He has it in there. Seen the velocity. Doesn't have the command of it when he hits that velocity, but he can hit 96, 97, and that's more than enough with his secondary stuff. My question for this development team is why do you send him to the minor leagues and have him throw off speed stuff over and over and over again, <laughs> that off speed stuff's always going to get minor league players out. There's nothing to be learned there for Quinn Priester. Um, it would be bad for his numbers. I'm not going to lie, but they need to have him just throw fastballs almost 90% of his pitches for an outing or two and see if he can start gaining some command of it. Without that pitch, it doesn't really matter what they do with him. He just will never be an actual major league starter if that's something they're not going to instruct. So again, I tend to lean back to questioning this development team on, and, and, Focusing mostly on why aren't you helping these guys with their very similar problems? There's an overall loss of velocity. There's an overall loss of focus. There's an overall loss of command that we're seeing with these young kids. And, and the ones that aren't are the ones that go out and get that help elsewhere. Mitch Keller went and got that help elsewhere, and to the Pirates' credit, they didn't screw him up when he came back with that knowledge that he had gained. Johan Oviedo really, really, really absorbed from veterans around him how to improve his game. And I think to a degree, he has stuck with a lot of that. But I can't say that he's learning from the Pirates necessarily what what could make him the next level pitcher when you look at his arsenal 
and his results, you should be underwhelmed. Johan Oviedo's got better stuff than most of the people that they're going to call up in the next year or so. So it's frustrating. That said, let's talk about what they can do to fix it this year, at least, and make this a little bit more passable. First of all, commit to some kind of a real rotation and quit messing around with, with having openers and all that jazz. I'm not saying this is going to help you win, but you have to settle this thing a little bit. You have to start getting to the point where your innings eaters are on that front end so that the bullpen can settle a little bit. Like it's nice having Thomas Hatch and Ryan Barucki and, and the, and guys like that around who are doing okay. But if you're going to have them, you, you can't waste them. <laughs> the bullpen suffers when, when you use them immediately or you're playing games at the beginning of a game with them. I understand the opener philosophy, but right now when you have no rotation, it's really just delaying the inevitable. It's not how it's not a, a cute trick like Tampa does where, yeah, they're doing that because they want to get you to start a whole bunch of lefties. And then we're going to throw a lefty out there. That's not what the pirates are doing here. The pirates are literally just trying to play parlor games to get through the rest of this season. So settle on, on a rotation. Mitch Keller, Johan Oviedo, leave Luis Ortiz in there as bad as he looked. And and I'll be blunt, I'd leave him in there the rest of the year, regardless of how bad he looked. If you want Andre Jackson to be a starter, or you really think that next year you could look at him as a starter, I mean, leave him in there then. Fine. Bailey Falter, if you really think that there's something there, fine. I don't care if that's the five, but leave it go. Let that rotation live. And if it's not going to, replace them with another starter. If you're going to give up on Luis Ortiz, well, bring me Roanzi and leave him there. But it's time to start replacing starters with starters. You can't continue to do this piggybacking thing all season long. It's killing the pitching staff. It's killing any semblance of order that there is to things. And more than anything, it's taxing your bullpen three, four times a week. And that's just no way to live. It's no way to get through the season. It looks ugly to the fans. And I I think it's really hard to sell tickets when every time you look at the probable pitchers, all you see are TBD, TBD, TBD. It's unprofessional. It it looks like you have no idea what's going on, even if you do. If you're just playing games with people, it makes it look to the league and fans like you have no plan. And the sad reality is maybe they don't have a plan. Uh, that That's probably worst case scenario, right? Hey, we're going to have a fun week here. I promise it's not going to be all doom and gloom. There's no way to touch this team right now without addressing that. The pitching staff is awful. We're going to talk about a little bit more of what we can expect next year, you know, as we get through this week, but had to start with the ugly. It's Monday anyway. You should want ugly.
And on that note, that's where we'll end today's podcast. Thanks for checking out today's Locked On Pirates. Before we get out of here, remember, you can catch every pitch of the Pirates Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Pirates. But thanks, as always, for making Locked On Pirates your first listen every day. Make sure you're following the show. That way you don't miss any episodes we've got coming up for you the rest of this week. I will be in, as well as Gary Morgan, to fill you in on everything going on with the Pirates as we look at what has happened this season and how it can get better from here. Until then, make sure you keep it Locked On Pirates every single day.